Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back, everybody, to the Mind Poppers podcast with your host, Adam O'Reilly, reporting live from the Mind Poppers basement. Before we get into the Mind Poppers this week, let's let's see how I'm doing for a change, okay? Um, how am I doing? Last night, okay, my mom had some friends down to the gaff. And, you know, they were up and drinking or whatever. And, you know, I was kind of sitting in my room alone. Not, you know, not a whole lot going on. I was dry. Um, and my, the lads, they were nowhere to be seen, they were nowhere around, you know, so I was kind of slumming it alone, and you know, when, like, it's not necessarily that I want to, like, be in with them, you know, because, you know, God, I got better things to do, you know, but at the same time, when you hear all these people having the crack, having the laugh, and there was a, a bit of a, a good music playing, you know, for a change, yes, I, I, you know, I pandered in and out, you know, I wasn't, like, buzzing around them for the night, but you know yourself, like if a family member has relations over or if like a sibling has friends over, you're not necessarily going to stay with them for the night. But you know what I like to do? Um, if I'm in the mood, you know, like every 40, every 45 minutes, you know, I like pop my head into the room, you know, with like a little drink in hand, you know, and you might step into the room for no more than five minutes. And in that five minutes, you know, because you, you might walk in with like a smart remark or a witty retort. And basically you go in like every 45 minutes and you just sit down and you read everybody in the room. You know, you get your laughs, you collect your laughs and then you head back on out, you know. Um, so I kind of spent the night doing that, but I had one to many gins, you know, there was actually, I had a lot more witty retorts in me than expected, so I ended up spending quite some time with them, you know, and of course, every time I was going in to read the room, you know, or, you know, had one of witty retorts, I came in with a drink, with a gin, you know, so now, today, my head is banging like a shithouse door in a gale, um, but I will, I will pull through, because I've already been gone for a little run, um, yes, he's on that fitness now, um, but I have to pull it together because I'm going out again tonight. I have a, a private event, if you will. <laughs> it's not a private event, but um, we have a location that's able to open up for us um, privately. And it'll just be nice not to have to be moved around, you know, after like an hour, 45 minutes, what have you. Um, but... What I want to do this week in terms of mind poppers, instead of like going in deep into two big mind poppers, what I want to do is maybe do this week's episode with an array of mini mind poppers, you know, appetizer mind poppers, if you will, just something to get us stimulated for the bank holiday. Now, something that has been, you know, appealed to me um, for for as long as I can remember is the, the, the movie, the movie franchise Scream. You know, with Ghostface Killer, the iconic scene, you know, opening scene, Drew Barrymore, you know, the phone rings and she's like, uh, hello? And you know, the voice on your end is like, what's your favourite scary movie? You know? In an absolutely iconic franchise, one of the only 
slasher kind of franchises to just to ever just make real good fucking movies you know so obviously we had Scream 1, 2, 3 and 4 4 is the, the latest um, movie in the Scream franchise came out in 2011 where we saw the emergence of Emma Roberts and you just know okay especially in a movie franchise like Scream where it's a slasher you know killer on the loose you just know that if Emma Roberts enters a movie like this you know, from the second before she opens her mouth, you know Emma Roberts did it, you know, because she has made her name for herself of being the, you know, of playing this evil characters, the bitch, the self-centered. Um, and good for her, you know, she's created this like just iconic lane for herself. And, you know, we've we seen kind of like those two worlds cross with American Horror Story. You have Jessica Lange and Emma Roberts, two fantastic you know actresses that that just know how to play the bitch and not um in a stereotypical kind of like you know the the evil villainess kind of way but the the characters always have depth to them so emma roberts is just amazing at what she does at playing the bitch um she does it so well and it's, you know, it's crazy in comparison to her aunt. You know, so Emma Roberts' aunt is Julia Roberts. Again, an international treasure. And, you know, like the roles that they play really couldn't be more opposite. So anyway, of course, when you see Emma Roberts in Scream 4, which was the, the latest, and I guess we presumed the final installment in the franchise, uh, which came out in 2011, of course, the minute you saw Emma Roberts, you knew she's going to be the killer. But... Um, news has started circulating. There's there have been rumors the last couple of weeks, but it was confirmed um, for real uh, yesterday when Courtney Cox posted on her Instagram that she was going to be reprising. Oh my god! Excuse me. Like I said, I was on it last night. Mm. Courtney Cox um, revealed on her Instagram yesterday that she was going to be bringing back the role of the iconic weather woman, Gail Weathers, um, in the Scream franchise. So we're getting a Scream 5. It's in, I guess, production, or we don't know how it's going to be delayed with COVID, what have you. Um, not only that, is Courtney Cox coming back to reprising her role in Scream 5, um, but we also have um, David Arquette, who played a kind of like the goofy um, police deputy Dewey, um, in the Scream franchise and that is actually where obviously you know Courtney Cox and David Arquette you know were married for quite some time and they have kids together what have you um, but it was actually on the Scream franchise you know filming you know the the first I guess movie first two movies where they actually had fallen in love they said and that is where the two of them met and obviously went on to get married but the two of them are both coming back to, you know, bring to life their, their previous roles in the Scream franchise. And I think that is cool. It's cool when you see, like, couples in Hollywood, and I mean couples in general, that, like, don't hold kind of, like, the negativity towards each other and just move on and can be friends and can work together. And, like, just because you break up with someone doesn't mean that it has to be all negative, whatever. So I really respect that. I'm into that. And, of course, we have the, the star of the, the show from the very beginning, of the Scream franchise, which is Sydney, you know, played by Nee Campbell, who is also in talks at the moment to come back. And she, of course, she's definitely coming back if they're after bringing back the others. Um, 
I just can't wait. I can't fucking wait. Like Scream is just the iconic slasher franchise, you know? I didn't have a bad movie. It, like between Scream 1, 2, 3 and 4, there wasn't a single bad movie. Uh, you just saw like such an array of stars going through it. Um, you know, you had Rose McGowan who got slashed in it. Drew Barrymore. Um... I, I can't remember the rest. I guess the Waynes brothers and whatever that dude's name is that played Shaggy in the live action Scooby-Doo film. But I can't wait. And when I saw that they were reprising the, the Scream franchise, um, what I really, what just came to my mind was, okay, because it is, uh, we are living in an era of, you know, revivals, um, which, and reboots, which, you know, I have to say for the most part to me, I, you know, feel very positive towards it. Between, I'm not talking about like a reboot of a movie that was made like, you know, three years ago. Like, do did I have any interest in seeing the all-female cast version of Ghostbusters? No, and I'll tell you why. Because I didn't want to see the all-male, you know, cast of Ghostbusters. I really couldn't give a fuck. Um, now, what I will say I was interested in was when they remade Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve, or Ocean's Nine, whatever the fuck it was, you know, with like Sandra Bullock, Rihanna, and all that, and Sarah Paulson. Yeah, I was totally into that. But it got me, it got me thinking when I saw that they were bringing back Scream for Scream Five, um, the scary movie franchise. Okay, so if you are, you know, born, if you're born in the nineties, okay, the the scary movie franchise. I think I feel really shaped us as a generation. You know, there wasn't one group of friends who weren't out there watching scary movie. Scary movie one, two, three, four, and five. Obviously, five was complete garbage. Absolutely had no business, you know, standing next to one, two, three, four. Um, but you know, it was so iconic. You, you, we saw Anna Faris at her best. You know, playing um uh, Sydney, which you know was actually a. You know, the majority of the first movie was a parody of um, the Scream franchise. You know, we had Ghostface Killer and all that. And, you know, it was just such iconic. Like, nobody was doing the kind of spoof parody movies like the Scream franchise were. Like, we had, like, the amazing cast. Like, we had the Wayne brothers. We had Anna Faris at her best. We had Regina Hall, you know, playing the iconic character of Brenda. You know, like, oh, that is some scary shit. You know, some stuff that is just ingrained on our minds. It truly was just one of the most iconic movie franchises of the, you know, started, I guess, I did it in the 90s. or No, I guess it didn't start in the 90s. But to go on to the early 2000s, what have you. And of course, obviously, it all went to shit come Scary Movie 5 when we didn't see um, a resurgence of you know our the beloved characters in the franchise you know Anna Faris had left Regina Hall had left um pretty sure the Wayne brothers had left I can't remember because if you remember in Scary Movie 5 we saw you know we had characters like Charlie Sheen and Lindsay Lohan and it just wasn't enough because at the crux of all these spoof movies what made Scary Movie 1 to 4 so successful was because it did have a really good cast. You know, it had a really good talented cast. Um, so I, what I wanted to do was seeing the Scream that was coming, Scream was coming back. Um, I, go, I was Googling um, on the net if we were going to see a Scary Movie 6 you know, and obviously it could absolutely be done right, even though Five was such a massive flop, you know, a flop in the box office as well, 
think it made like 100 million less um, than Scary Movie 4 did. So obviously everyone had lost interest in it. Um, all our favourite characters had left the franchise. But if they were to bring back the franchise and, you know, bring it back with Regina Hall who played Brenda, bring it back with Anna Faris who played Sydney, bring it back with the Wayne brothers, oh my God, then we'd have perfection, you know? Enough time has passed for all the movies that they could spoof now. It would be amazing. So I was Googling it because I wanted to see, because I, I, like I said, Scream and Scary Movie franchises were just so I played such an iconic role I feel like for a lot of us growing up um so I was googling anyway to see what were the possibilities was there anything in the works with scary movie six and the potential for that as it turns out okay scary movie was owned by the head of the production company that owns scary move the scary movie franchise was actually Harvey Weinstein who, of course, as we know, is currently serving like a 28 sentence in prison for sexual harassment. Um, so another um, production company came in and I guess like took over, you know, that after, you know, they kind of like parted ways with Harvey Weinstein or whatever. It actually turns out that, that the new production company that now, I guess, owns the rights to the Scary Movie franchise, you know, which was formerly Harvey Weinstein's um, production company, is now actually also owned by or sorry, is actually owns as well the Scream franchise. So those will be the people who will be, you know, running this scary mo- or Scream 5, you know? I didn't know that they were connected like that. So in, you know, in from this iconic news, because like I said, Scream 5, it, this means a lot to me. Like Scream 4, 2011. I don't know if it was like my 18th birthday or whatever, but for my birthday, me and all the lads went to see Scream 4. You know, uh, it was just that iconic to me. It always have been. But in honor of one of my favorite, if not my favorite movie franchise coming back, um, which by the way, obviously production at the minute, it's delayed with COVID, obviously. But in honor of that, I, what I wanted to do was take a BuzzFeed quiz. Okay, get into it. BuzzFeed quiz on whether or not um, I would survive a horror film. You know, personally, I think that I absolutely would survive a horror film or I might be you know that person like who survives to the very end and like throws his life away you know like puts his life on the line to save somebody else you know selfless like I am very selfless um so that could be how I would end in in a horror movie definitely wouldn't be the person who died first I'm sorry what a waste what a waste if I was killed off first in in a horror film you know I just feel like it would dampen the mood you know there's a lot of other filler bitches, you know, filler people who could die before me, like even in my own friend group, okay? I would like to think that if this happened to us, um, like, you know, we're like locked in a mansion or whatever in the middle of nowhere and there's a killer on the loose picking us off one by one. I just feel like it would be like a real bummer to the group if I was the friend that got killed first, you know? And I know a lot of people in my group would probably disagree, but I just feel like, oh, what a waste. Oh, what a waste that you guys have to go through the rest of this without me. You know, without my commentary, what have you. Um, but let's get into it. Let's see once and for all if I would survive a horror movie. <clears throat> you hear a strange sound outside. What do you do? Check it out. Ask your neighbor to check it out. Laugh it off. Ignore it. You know, if I hear something outside, yes, I'm going to be freaked for sure. 
you know, because I was always a paranoid kid. Like I remember being like 15, 16 years old um, being in the house by myself, my parents away. And like I used to get so paranoid, you know, that if like someone was in the house or if I heard a noise or whatever, like I used to sleep if I was in the house by myself with like a, a butcher knife that I got from the kitchen under my pillow. And if like I heard a noise downstairs, I would walk. Like I was like the freak, oh my God. Like what were the antidepressants doing to my head? You know, all those years ago where me like walking around the house with a butcher knife, you know, like what am I gonna do? I don't even eat meat, you know, never mind slash a bitch. Um, but I digress. Okay, I would say I would check it out. You know, I'm not necessarily like walking down to the woods to see what the fucking noise was, but will I peek my head out, you know, the blinds? Sure. So I'll check out the sound. The phone rings, you answer it, but there's only an ominous breathing on the other line. What do you say? Very funny. Stop prank calling me or I'm calling the police. Listen, this isn't very funny. I've got a gun and I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not afraid to use it. Nope, I've seen this movie way too many times. I hang up immediately and call the police. Okay, what I would say is, nope, I've seen this movie way too many times. Okay, I'm going for that one. Michael Myers has escaped the containment facility in your town. What precautions do you take? What is Michael Myers doing in Cove? You know? Um, Unless he's like a big Titanic buff. Um, Lock every door and window. Go to a friend's house. Throw a party, hide. Um, for sure, going to lock every door and window. I think that's an easy one. You live on Elm Street and your best friend across the street just died. Oh. The other day in their sleep. Okay, well, if they had to go anyway. All the police found were mysterious claw marks. It's late at night and you're getting sleepy. What do you do? Oh, take a quick power nap. Chug a Red Bull. Take a warm bath. Do some research on this Freddy Krueger person your best friend mentioned right before dying. Uh, 100% I'm doing the research. 100%. If I find the opportunity where some bitch is getting killed in their sleep and I find the opportunity to like throw myself into the, the star of the role of this like murder mystery, like tearing up my town. Yes, I'm going to do the research. Okay. You're a counsellor at Camp Crystal Lake. And all of your cabin mates have gone missing in the middle of the night. What weapon do you bring with you to check on them? Knife, hammer, shovel. Why would I bring a weapon? My friends are probably playing a prank. Um, I'm definitely not bringing the shovel. Like, by the time it would take me to even lift the shovel that high off the ground, I know I would be, I would be, I'd be whacked. I'd be gone. I'm not doing the hammer. I'm just not doing the hammer to the skull thing. No. Um, I'd do the knife 100%. You and your friends find a Ouija board in your attic. What do you do? Convince your friends to play it. Watch your friends play it, but don't go anywhere near it. Just leave it where it is. Don't touch it. Or burn it. A hundred percent I'm convincing your friends to play it. I'm convincing the lads to do the Ouija board with me. I have done Ouija boards before. You know with some weird things happening. Some stories that I might share at another podcast. Um, but convince my friends to play it. In a creepy antique store. You find a monkey paw that will grant you three. Oh for fuck's sake. That will grant you three wishes. How do you proceed? Immediately make my three wishes. Make two wishes and then hide it where no one will ever find it, not even myself. 
give it to someone that kind of sucks and let them do what they will with it. I've heard stories about those things, so I don't make any wishes. Of course, look, we're all going to say, you've heard stories, the wishes never end well. Now, if someone is giving me, you know, a rotten monkey claw and telling me that it has the power to grant me three wishes, you know, then trust and believe I'm going to, you know, ignore everything I've seen in pop culture about making wishes and 100% I'm going to immediately make my three wishes. Okay. Your friend invites you and some friends to their cabin for the weekend. While there, you find an old book in the basement with some weird words in it. What do you do? Read them out loud because it'll freak everybody out. I let my friend read it out loud even though I'm a little nervous. Um, Read it out loud without telling anyone and we all get mad at them because why would you do that? Um, I convince everyone to just leave it alone. We see the thing is, of course, when you find like a spooky book, spooky old occult spell book, you know, of course, you don't really want to read the the spell first, the incantation first, because you don't know really what's going to happen. You know, this spell book is probably going to be in Latin, you know, so I'm probably not going to know what it means. But then again, you know, the thing for me would be like, right, am I letting my friend, you know, am I going to let Kate, one of my friends, read the spell book and let her potentially die? For sure. I mean, best case scenario, Kate reads the spell book and dies. But, you know, on the flip side of that, what happens if Kate reads the spell book and, you know, gets all these amazing powers, you know? How fucking terrible would I feel then that Kate is alive, not only alive, but flourishing, you know, with the magical powers. Um, So I think I would take the chance and read it out loud because it would freak everybody out you move into a new house and your daughter starts talking to the tv when you ask her about it she says they're here how do you respond i don't even need to look at these like i'm going back i'm getting the shovel from the previous question and i'm going to have one less daughter um um we're getting out of here right now laugh nervously that's nice sweetie Who's here, Carol Ann? <laughs> um, you know what? I'm, okay, so a little bitch talking to the TV. For me, yes, why that would be absolutely terrifying. I'm going to need a little more. I'm going to need a little more. I'm not leaving my house behind, you know, whatever mansion I end up in, you know, because I'm, I'm scared. You know, I'm not going to run at first sight, you know, believe it or not, while I may be a bit of a pussy, and I mean that in the most empowering way, while I may be a bit of a pussy, you know, I'm also tough. You know, I'm not going to run at that. You know, this is my house, you know, to quote the great Peg Mitchell, this is my pub. Um, so I would say... Who's there, Carol Ann, you know? Okay, I think this is the last question. There's this tape going around, rumoured to kill you seven days after watching it. A mysterious tape shows up in your house. What do you do? Throw out the thing, ASAP. You hide it away, but then it randomly starts playing on your TV anyway. Watch it. What's the tape? Oh, you see, none of these options are really, you know, popping for me. Like, my, I guess my preferred option in this case, you know, with the mysterious tape that's killing people, is you let a friend watch it, you know, and that would be just a really good story for the podcast, you know? You know, what happens to my friend and have them describe it to me rather than having to watch it myself. But then again, you know, curiosity killed the cat and I am quite a curious little kitten, you know? I am a very inquisitive person. But I know, no, I, I, I couldn't possibly watch it. 
So I'm going to say I throw the thing out ASAP. Okay, they're calibrating my results, you guys. <gasps> oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, the results are in. You're the lone survivor. It looks like you're the last one standing. You were able to come out alive despite the horrors you faced. Although your friends didn't make it, you were glad the nightmare is over. Dot, dot, dot. Or is it? <gasps> Best possible news ever, okay? All my friends are dead, okay? And I do feel bad for them. But in order to survive a horror movie, they needed to die. So I could be the lone survivor. So I do thank them for their sacrifice. Absolutely. And the whole thing at the end, the whole dot, dot, dot. Or is it? Um, you know what that means? It means that the bitch is getting a sequel. Uh-huh. You know, I did so well in surviving whatever massacre had bestowed me and my friends. The killer ain't done with me, you know? The killer ain't done with me. Uh, I got another stalker, I guess. And the thing is, as well, is like, you're the lone survivor. You know, because of course, look, best case scenario. Like, you know, you know, we want everyone to survive. In these situations, you know, me and my friends, you know, whatever kind of massacre we're in. Of course, I want everyone to survive. Absolutely. But, you know, imagine like if like half the group like got whacked, got murdered, got slashed. And you like, you know, like six of us made it back alive. You know, where's the drama in that? You know, and as well as like, uh, you know, Adam O'Reilly, lone survivor. You know, sits down with RSVP, intel all, you know. Um, so I, I wouldn't need, you know, like five of my friends surviving the massacre and just taking away from, because it's already been a traumatic time, you know, so I should at least be able to secure a bag after it for sure. But there you have it, you guys. And look, I have to say, like I said, before I even did this test, I knew I'd survive. If you want to take this test and find out if you survive, it's a BuzzFeed test. You can just drop me a message on Instagram and we'll see if you're a survivor too. So moving on from that, but still staying in the realm of television, you know, a mind popper for me, a person mind popper for me this week was the Kardashians. I know, I know, I know. The whole Kim and Kanye thing, you know, I'm over it. You know, I have said from day dot that Kim Kardashian should divorce Kanye West and get as far away from him as possible. And I know that now there's going to be the whole scrutiny thing about like, you know, is it right to leave your partner, you know, who's clearly going through mental issues or what have you, you know, he, you know, Kanye's talked openly about his bipolar disorder, what have you. And you know, yes, look, we are all afflicted in some caliber or another with mental illness. You know, there's just no way that you are a living, breathing person in, you know, in this world that we live in right now at this time where you don't, where you're not carrying some weight of the world, you know, in the back of your mind or what have you. The thing for me is, yes, having bipolar disorder, whatever, why that is a struggle and is something, you know, that I'm sure is, it's a journey. But then again, like we can't, you know, dismiss all Kanye West's asshole attitude, you know, just, you because you just know, like bipolar or not bipolar, Kanye West is a dickhead. You know, there's just no two ways about it. Kanye West is a dickhead. Maybe a very talented rapper and musician at times. You know, not all the time. Not everything that he does is, is a smash. But you just know he's a dickhead. And I think the whole thing for Kim Kardashian in regards to 
you know, the, staying with Kanye West or whatever, obviously there's going to be public scrutiny be like, if she was to leave now, it'd be like, oh, Kanye West, you know, or sorry, Kim Kardashian leaves Kanye West, you know, when he when he most needs her, whatever. But the same thing, I think the driving force keeping, one of the main driving forces keeping Kim and Kanye together, you know, all these years and having the family and all that, is the amount of public scrutiny Kim Kardashian went under, you know, when she was married, I think it was her second marriage to Chris Humphreys, you know, which obviously ended, what, what was it? 62 days 61 days something like that and of course they made this big deal about it on the show you know obviously she had the wedding televised or whatever it was a big big deal on the e-network and of course then they got divorced like what 61 62 days later and she was the laughing stock you know it brought into question her authenticity you know as a person you know was it all fake was it not personally I, I don't believe that it was fake at all you know the Kardashians are never short of a storyline um and I think that kind of like probably like hurt Kim a lot like hurt her ego a lot and I think when she settled with Kanye West or whatever she really wanted to make this one stick make this one work you know whether she was super happy throughout the duration of this marriage or not I don't know but do I see you know is it splitsville for Kimye I would imagine so in the next couple of months I would imagine it definitely is um, unless both of them are happy and I'm just wrong possibly what have you but the mind popper for me this week in, in regards to the Kardashians was like I, I think a lot of us watch the Kardashians a lot of people still watch the Kardashians like religiously but a lot of us you know watched the first couple of seasons or whatever it was new you know obviously there was a lot of hype about about the show you know coming off with the sex tape and what was next what was next um but I kind of like haven't watched the Kardashians. I haven't sat down and watched a season of the Kardashians in years, you know, because it's kind of sitting down, hearing the same old shit. It had lost its appeal to me a long time ago. Um, it had lost its appeal to me a long time ago. But the thing was, I, I, I pop in and watch the odd episode every now and again if something major had gone on. Like I, like I talked about before with Kim, you know, getting robbed in Paris, you know, held at gunpoint, you know, like made to sit in the bath, you know, like told if you open your mouth, you know, you're never going to see your kids again. All that, which 100% I believe is real. You know, I, I don't think that was a, a work of fiction. Um, I don't think that was Kris Jenner pulling the strings. You know, I think that was even above something that Kris Jenner could orchestrate. Um, so I'd pop it and, oh my God, that episode, you guys, you know, like looking at like the, the devastation of the Kardashian family after the, the Paris robbery. Oh my God, the editing in that was just sublime. It was incredible. Like when I sat down watching that episode, for the whole duration, I just remember being like, oh my God. I feel like, because the intensity of it, it, it was just done brilliantly. And it ca- carried like the same, the heaviness intensity of like, I was sitting down and watching like a 9-11 documentary for the first time, you know? Uh, incredible. Um, so what I said was, I was like, look, a lot of my shows are ending right now. A lot of the shows that I'm keeping up with. So I was like, look, let me sit down and I'll watch the new season of Keeping Up With The Kardashians. You know, I even though I haven't watched it in years, let me sit down and watch the new season. And it didn't disappoint. It didn't disappoint right from the very beginning. Like the the producers know that we need to be hooked right from episode one of, I think it was like season 19. Um, And it was the iconic Kim Kardashian, you know, the bad girls club, Kim Kardashian versus Kourtney Kardashian. And the two of them 
just really go at it and thump the fucking heads off each other which was just really great to see because we live in a civilised society and you know around these parts you know we're not doing the public stonings the public hangings the lashes the whips you know we're not doing that now not to say that you know we're not barbarians in other ways we are you know have just we do all those things but in in ways that are kind of hidden you know people are still being just as much suppressed in the western world uh, you know in, in other places or at least maybe not suppressed is the right word but controlled um so it was good to see the two of them really just beating the shit out of each other you know just taking fucking chunks out of each other because of course we can't you know line them up and give them a good old lashing like a public lashing you know which they've definitely warranted you know um so it was really good to see the two of them take chunks out of each other um but what I watched, what I what I found about watching the ep- this, this new season of the Kardashians was, you know what? It is actually it was really fucking funny. You know, um, a clip that I'm going to play for you now, which you know, I now I had a buzz when I was watching this. You know, so I was fucking, I was on one, and I was just pissing myself laughing. But one of the, I guess, the story arcs of of this season is Chris Jenner is you know with the with the younger boyfriend Corey, and. I guess Chris Jenner is at a time in her life, you know, I guess she's in her 60s, but she's in a time in her life where she's with this new younger man and her sex drive is at an all-time high. So, you know, they're 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 fucking like rabbits. Um so the scene, you know, that I'm going to play for you the clip, you know, we have Chloe and uh Kendall sitting down waiting in in a, like a public kind of cafe restaurant for waiting on Chris to join them. They're going to like do lunch or whatever. Um and Chris walks in. And has a couple of things to say about, you know, her sex life and the girls are cringing. And I just thought it was it was a masterpiece. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ah. Hi, guys. Sorry I'm hey, late. Look how cute you look. Thank you. I have lipstick all over my face. No, why? Oh, um, we were just having a little makeup session in the car. Is that too much? Why? Is my shirt on right? Why would your shirt not be on right? Just one of those days. <laughs> why is it Corey here? Having a kind of lunch. Corey had to go home and sleep because we were up all night. You know how that goes. I love our dynamic with our mom, and I would not change it for the world. But does my mom overshare? I mean, she's talking about her lipstick being smeared, her mojo, just some things. Thank you so much. Wow. 
this for you. Wow. It's tiramisu? I heard it was the, the dessert of lovers. I don't know about that one. <laughs> Thank Enjoy you. Okay? I could rub this all over my body. Ew. Why would you want to? Trust me. Women go through different stages in life, and I'm going through one of those stages where I cannot get enough of my boyfriend. You just got to get it in when you can. Couldn't be more opposite right now. And it's a little unfair that I'm dating and having the time of my life, and Chloe's not. You should taste this, guys. This is like a sex dessert. Stop saying sex like that. Why? Just not a dirty word. Sex! Mom, stop. Sex! Oh, sorry. I, I, I wanted some... Some sex. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot stop thinking about sex. Oh, you know what? I have to say it's refreshing because the Kardashians now, not only are they like... They, they, of course, they're focusing on the drama and the press and all that. But they they know to keep the show 19 seasons in, they know they have to bring the comedy, the humour and stuff to keep everybody engaged. And I have to say the season was very funny. And what makes it successful when, when a reality show is on 19 seasons or when you look at The Real Housewives, you know, there comes to a certain point where, you know, people are breaking the fourth wall. So they're acknowledging the cameras, they're acknowledging, you know, that they're filming and all that. And it just kind of makes it that bit more real, if you get me. Because don't get me wrong, like the the, the, the key to a successful reality show is, yes, you, you do have this element of script of scripted uh, scenes. You do have that. But you also have a lot of you know just real realness going on you know and you have to have that mix like it's it's not 100% scripted I tell you now the Kardashians is not 100% scripted otherwise we, we just still wouldn't be engaged um, but I just thought oh my god when I turned it on and seeing that now Kris Jenner is at a point in her life where she is like a pig and shit like a dog with two mickeys that finally for the first time in her life Kris Jenner is you know getting her back blown out more than any of her kids are you know, and I just, oh, I'm happy for her. You know, I have to say that I'm happy for her. Um, and, you know, in this season as well, you, you see a lot of, um, like, Courtney kind of, Courtney Kardashian really kind of going in a bad mental, in a bad mental place. And, you know, the, her kind of story arc for the whole season is that she wants to stop filming. She doesn't want to do the show anymore. Like, she's there crying and scenes, she's being like, I don't want to do fucking glam, you guys. And Chloe's like, well, don't do glam. You don't have to do glam. And Courtney's like, well, I'm not fucking filming without fucking glam, Chloe. <laughs> you know? Um, so you do see in this season, the Kardashians really kind of starting to break down, I guess. You know, which we we do love. We do love because they're, they have this amassed, this gross amount of wealth. So, you know, if we can see them at their lows, you know, we'll take that. We will take that because we do need to be reminded that life can still be pretty shitty no matter if you're a broke-ass bitch or a billionaire, you know? Um, now, some of it, like I said, is obviously scripted. It's ridiculous. Like, I remember a scene, um, I, or I think Kim and Chloe are sitting down, you know, having coffee or what have you, and they get a phone call, you know, from, I guess, a producer or whatever, being like, oh, Corey, which is Chris Jenner's uh, boyfriend. Oh, Corey was spotted, like, checking into this hotel with a redhead. So, of course, the two girls, like, go over, you know, with the camera crew expecting, you know, to 
bossed Corey cheating on Chris or whatever. And he knock, he opens the hotel door and he's like, you guys can't come in, you can't come in. So they run in anyway into the bedroom and you get like the camera shows like a fleeting glimpse of like this redhead <laughs> like running around the hotel room and like they don't show the face so of course of course it's a big ass hotel room like um so of course the two girls um kim and chloe like go in pursuit of you know Corey's mistress you know like who's running around like the kitchen and is like hiding behind like cabinets and whatever and of course at the end you know, they're like, we've got you. And of course, it's fucking Chris Jenner in a long red wig or long red Party City wig. Um, <laughs> which, of course, is so staged. Absolutely. You know, adding into the story arc of Chris Jenner, just fucking like a rabbit. Um, but I have to say, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed the season when you're not taking it too seriously. So moving on to a more freaky uh, mind popper, yes, our favorite kind of mind popper. <clears throat> so I was scrolling through Twitter the other day, um, and I came across a post by a, a lady, and she was like, the caption was like, "Oh, I guess you know I'm an official New Yorker now," um, and she kind of went on to tell the story that she lifted up her toilet bowl, and that there was a drowned rat laying in the toilet, um, obviously had come up through the piping, um, uh, from the sores, um. Because the thing is, you know, with toilets, there's actually only a small amount of water in, in the toilet. It kind of that S kind of bend in the piping. The, the rest of the pipes remain dry. So anyway, this girl, you know, had f- found the rat in her toilet. It obviously come up underground through the piping and was in her apartment through the toilet. And it obviously had drowned. So it got me thinking, you know, what animals, um, what animals, uh, you know, could we potentially you know, have coming for our, you know, our our penises, our coochies, our bussies, our butts, you know, our booty hoes. Um, and if it's a problem here in Ireland, you know, because we hear about all of the, the exotic animals and it's like, oh, it's never Ireland, is it? You know, That's the, like we may have the rain, but we don't have to deal with the, these exotic animals. Well, keep listening. So I, I wanted to Google. I want to find out if other people, you know, have these experiences. So yes, okay. A man in Thailand got a shock um, when he went to the toilet and a python sank its teeth into his penis. Okay. So this guy's name was Adaporn Boon Makchui. Definitely murdered the surname, but I'll continue. So this guy, Adaporn, um, he encountered a three meter or a 10 foot python um, which, you know, just happened upon his home in the east of Bangkok. He was getting ready for work one morning, and he says, in quotes, I felt as though my penis had been severed. The snake was yanking very hard. Um, and he told that to the Bangkok Post. Um, and this is actually a, a, a quite a common occurrence in Australia as well, with the snakes coming up th- through the piping, um, coming up to the plumbing and, and, and into some poor bitch's toilet. Um... So stories of snakes navigating domestic plumbing are in fact quite common according to Jeff Jacobs at Queenland's uh, Wildlife Solutions in Australia who has run a snake catching business in Brisbane for the last two decades. Um, So he says that the snakes just follow the trail of the rats. Um, All over the world rats go down in sores and the snakes go in there after them and from there they can obviously find your bathroom. Um... 
now it's not like super common it's not like there's a snake toilet epidemic going on in parts of the world but he did say that he gets called out at least four or five um times a year to get snakes out of a toilet um which of course it's just couldn't be a, a good time for anybody um but obviously, look, in Ireland, we're safe from snakes, for sure. You know, at least for now, okay? But, God, we got a rat problem, you know? The whole rats in this town, because there are a lot of them. Um, but apparently there was a warning put out um, in Ireland, um, you know, to, to, to be cautious of this. Um, uh, one woman write, wrote that uh, for some reason, uh, oh yeah, so she's a sleep bride. Um, this is the girl from, from West London, Tansy Ackett is her name. So it was probably about three or three or four o'clock in the morning. I was in bed. Um, I heard splashing noises, quite loud splashing noises, like something was in the bath. For some reason, I had it in my head that there was a frog in the bath. I think that was just because I was half asleep. So I stumbled into the bathroom and realized it wasn't a frog in the bath, but a rat splashing around in the loo. The seat was down so I couldn't get out but I was scrabbling around so I slammed the lid down in fear and I flushed the loo and he flushed away. So she went back to bed but an hour later the splashing started again so I flushed him away again. So in the morning um, she opened up the cupboards under her sink I guess and saw that there had been like rats all over, excuse me, having rats all over the place and they had been gaining access through her apartment through the plumbing. So, do we have anything to fear in Ireland? Unfortunately, yes, we do. So, especially people in County Cork in the Republic of Ireland were warned to check their toilets in April after an elderly man was bitten on the bottom by a rat. A local councillor advised people to keep their toilet seats down when not in use and to watch their posteriors, um, which is reported in the Cork Evening Echo. Um, so you have to remember, guys, that uh, none of us are safe. We all got a toilet unless some of y'all are shitting in an outhouse, you know, and maybe out in the sticks. But for, for everyone else, like I'm sure you got a toilet. I'm sure a lot of us, you know, have some of us have more than one toilet in the house, you know. So you have to remember that every time you were sitting down to take a, a whiz or a shit, um, excuse my French, that there are, is a chance every time you sit down in a toilet, and I want to get you to get this into your head, that every time you sit down on the toilet, when you think you are safe, when you are at your most vulnerable, at any point in time, a rat could be making its way up the pipes. It could be making its way up the pipes right now and going to eat your coochie. You know, you're going to eat your coochie from inside out. Who knows? You know, so I guess the moral of this story is keep the toilet seat down for everybody. But uh, in this article, it actually goes on to say, and this is actually quite interesting, but quite terrifying and adds, I guess, to the reason why I will never, ever move to Australia. Dangerous spiders are another toilet hazard in some countries. Although he only deals with snakes, Jacob says that the funnel webs can be a particular problem in Australia. Not just dropping into the bowl from above, but also approaching from beneath. Okay, this is where it gets very interesting. They can go either way, he says. Many spiders can travel along underwater. While funnel webs can't swim, 
They can stay alive in water for up to 30 hours. They can trap a small bubble of air in hairs around the abdomen, which aids both breathing and floating. Isn't that fucking fascinating? That these big ass spiders, all right, when you, when you think in the water, you have enough to worry about, especially in Australia. But these spiders that can survive for up to 30 hours in the water. And then it's just fascinating how the hairs in their body can like hold on to these little air bubbles that can, you know, help them fucking flow along. But also to breathe. That like Animals are incredible. Animals are incredible as much as I hate spiders. And you know, like, guys, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm an arachnophobe. Um, that to me is just, it's crazy, but, you know, like I said, you know, the one thing about Ireland is, like, we may have the shitty weather, but, you know, in terms of ecosystem and animals, you know, we're relatively safe, or are we? So, as I was saying, you know, don't count your lucky stars yet in terms of the exotic animals in Ireland, um, and this one is truly terrifying, you guys, and very relevant to everybody in Ireland, but the thing is, okay, Obviously, you know, global warming is a thing. You know, our planet, you know, our temperatures are rising, you know, to a point which is, you know, unless we start doing something now, we should have been doing something a long, long time ago. Uh, and we're still not doing it. But obviously, our the, the, the global temperature is rising. It's going to change the world, you know, in unprecedented ways. Like, we really don't know what, you know, planet Earth looks like just yet you know, if we continue down the path that we're going. But the whole thing is, I guess, is with these rising temperatures, you know, you're going to have, you're going to create spaces where these, I guess, once exotic animals, you know, were before they couldn't survive in Ireland. But now, you know, we're with the temperature rising and with global warming, you know, now spaces like this or places in Ireland are slowly becoming you know, habitable to these once regarded exotic creatures, okay? So if that ain't, you know, reason enough to start recycling and whatever, do it now and and by sustainably. Again, like I said, there's only so much we can do as we the people. You know, we really need to riot and take down the the big corporations because those really are the only people that have any power to, to change the course of where the planet is going. So I was reading through some articles, okay? Um, and it's, I'll give you just the heading. It looks like some of the most dangerous sharks could be heading towards Ireland. Ooh, ooh, you know, like we don't have enough to worry about, but sharks, not sharks. The good thing about like watching a shark, because I mean, look, you go into the water in Ireland, of course you're going to be freaked as a shark. But like there's a place at the back of your mind that tells you, all right, well, look, probably not going to be a, a vicious man-eating shark, you know, in Ireland. You're, 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 you know, a lot safer than you would be in, say, like Australia or what have you, you know, South Africa. Um, But you guys, things are changing. Um, I actually remember, now I live in Cove, in County Cork, um, and Cove is, you know, the second biggest natural harbour in the world, second to Sydney. Um, and I remember, it was definitely over a decade ago, but like all the townspeople, because it's an island, okay, get into it, I'm an islander, because um, I remember like everyone like on, on the roads, like looking out into the harbour, because like wherever you are in Cove, like you can usually see the water. Remember everyone at the rows like getting out of their cars and what have you, and like going up and looking over the walls like into the ocean. And what had actually was going on was we had um, 
orca whales, killer whales, like a big pod of orca whales, you know, just chilling out going through the harbour. You know, okay, like what what can't Cove do? We have killer whales. But I think it was like a real shock to everybody in Cove. I'm like, fuck, you know, things that you, creatures that you, you normally see on like the Discovery Channel or some shit with David Attenborough, you know, but you don't see them in your own neighbourhood. But yeah, so I remember that rocked Cove for a long time. We were, st- we're still kind of healing from it, if I'm being honest. Um, so, okay, let's get into this. Um... So, the increased temperature of Irish water could lead to serious increase in the amount of sharks we play host to. And yes, we do have, um, I think we have maybe like, I want to say 30, between 20 and 30 different types of shark species, you know, in Irish waters. You know, which are all fairly docile, non-aggressive creatures. Like we have like the basking shark, the nursing shark. Not even sure if those bitches got teeth, you know? Like what are you going to do? Gum me to death? Uh-uh. Um, so relatively, we've been in an okay place, but like I said, with global warming and with a with a with an increasing you know global temperature, then you know what comes with that is our oceans also warming up to that. Um, so according to the Irish Sun, okay, so you know we, we'll bite, you know, but we'll be skeptical, but we'll bite. Hmm. So according to the Irish Sun, climate change will lead to sharks migrating to Ireland. There's just no two ways about it. And the warmer the weather gets, the more sharks we'll have in our water. Um, it was actually interesting. A guy called Dr. Ken Collins from the Southampton University um, was talking to the Irish Sun. And he said, you get great whites off the coast of South Africa where the water is colder than here. And I see no reason why we should not have them in our waters. It would not take much of a change in the water temperature from climate change. Maybe less than one degree for them to come here. Okay, so while you're all celebrating like our hot summers and everyone's like, oh, maybe global warming isn't such a bad thing. Just keep in mind that this professor estimates that it would take no more than a single degree in Irish temperature waters, you know, a rise by one degree for us to have great fucking whites. Every time you go to the fucking beach, you just won't know. Like a great white. And I am telling you, like, can you imagine you guys like, like mark this in your minds now? Because if obviously temperature is going to rise like like it you know it is and because we're not doing anything to stop it right now like imagine the first report of the first great white sighting the great white shark sighting in ireland chilling chilling you'll want you'll wish that it was all you had to worry about was rats coming up and gnawing on your coochie you know great fucking whites Uh -uh. uh-uh uh-uh we can't have like 300 days of rain a year and, and also have to worry about great whites so what parts of ireland would be you know most i guess susceptible or you know an accommodating host to these behemoth creatures well the professor reckons that cork county cork okay my hometown and wexford which you know let them have sharks you know wexford well they done for anybody except for, well i mean the strawberries okay i take it back um so he reckons that Cork and Wexford would be the first to experience um, the, the first great whites coming to Ireland due to their massive seal population um, because seals are just like hamburgers to sharks, like fat, juicy and meaty. 
But in, in the last uh, couple of years, we have seen um, a lot more movement from sharks that we would previously only see in like the Mediterranean, like bull shark or the, the hammerhead shark. Okay, the blue shark, which have been known to be, you know, can be aggressive and could kill and, you know, have the teeth, you know. These sharks have already been found in our waters. So if you're under some delusion that we don't have anything to fear in the deep blue in Ireland, you're wrong. And it's only getting worse if we don't do something about global warming. Okay, yes, of course, we won't have a habitable planet in a couple of years. Um, But also, great whites. Just think of like all the times you go to your local strand or you go swimming in the summer, you know, maybe you're like, you go to one of these like holiday places in Ireland that do like all the, like the rafting and the the waterboarding. No, that's torture. Again, I'm, I'm not a big water like sports enthusiast, but you know, there could come a time very soon, if not already, where we're going to have great white sharks wandering our waters. Okay, so a lot, a lot in this episode had to do with the unknown coming from below, from the deep blue, whether it's rats, snakes or tarantulas climbing up your shitter and, you know, just going to town, eating some ass or now this potential where we, we know we already have now dangerous sharks in Irish waters, but the fact that we have, you know, almost the perfect temperature for great whites right now in Ireland and we have an abundance of the seal population so they will have a habitable ocean with the food necessary for them to thrive I don't like that I don't like that anyway that is it from me in this week's episode of the Mind Poppers podcast, if you enjoyed, make sure you are subscribed so you get the episode straight away. Make sure you leave a rating. I will be back next time with a whole plateau of Mind Poppers. Until next time, stay woke. Actually, let me finish on this quote. A quote by Peppa Pig. If you eat bacon, it might be my pussy. Stay woke. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.